Hey guys, welcome to the Bitcoin Fortress podcast, helping you increase your financial freedom. This is episode 93, recorded on December 3rd, 2023. This podcast is for entertainment only and is not investing advice, but please do your own homework. All right, well, we'll start with the market update outlook and then get into the week's Bitcoin news. As always, lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, First off, stocks pushed higher Friday with the S&P 500 and Dow Jones indexes recording their highest levels in more than a year after Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell supported the market consensus view that key interest rates have peaked. Powell said tight monetary policy was slowing economic activity, which traders chose to interpret as a signal that the Fed likely is done with rate hikes, even if the central bank hasn't actually said so. The strong rally in stocks since early November has been attributed to easing inflation, declining long-term U.S. Treasury yields, and expectations for rate cuts next year. The benchmark 10-year Treasury yield, which hit 5% in October, fell 24 basis points this week to end at 4.225%, its lowest yield since early September. The three major stock market indexes ended the week higher for the fifth straight week with Dow rallying 2.4%, the S&P rising 0.7%, and the NASDAQ composite climbing 0.4%. Looking ahead, the economics calendar next week will be highlighted by the U.S. jobs report on Friday. The non-farm payrolls report could be High stakes for interest rate watchers as it arrives just five days before the Federal Reserve's December 13th meeting. Economists forecast payrolls growth will rise to 200,000 in November from 150,000 job additions in October, and the unemployment rate will stay steady at 3.9%. In addition, the JOLTS and ADP reports will be released earlier in the week. The event calendar is busy with Shopify, McDonald's, and Johnson & Johnson all hosting investor events that could include guidance and strategy updates. And the earnings calendar includes reports from Broadcom, Lululemon, GameStop, Chewy, C3AI, and Dollar General. And the Santa Claus rally is here, or so it seems. I guess we'll see how the rest of December goes, but pretty good month in November, uh, although Bitcoin is doing better. Next up, the Bitcoin news. So we'll start with uh, Hodler's Digest from Cointelegraph, top stories of the week. First one here, Bitcoin ETF race gets a 13th entrant. BlackRock revises ETF model. Asset manager Pando Asset has become an unexpected late entrant into the spot Bitcoin ETF race in the United States. On November 29th, Pando submitted a Form S-1 used to register securities with the agency to the United States Securities Exchange Commission for the Pando Asset Spot Bitcoin uh, Trust. Like other ETF bids, the trust aims to track Bitcoin's price with the custody arm of the crypto exchange Coinbase to hold Bitcoin on behalf of the trust. Pando is the 13th applicant for an approved spot Bitcoin ETF in the U.S. and joins the race with a dozen others, including BlackRock, ARK Invest, and Grayscale. 
Next, uh, Binance will end support for BUSD stablecoin in December. Crypto exchange Binance is winding down the services for its native stablecoin Binance US Dollar, or BUSD. According to an announcement, the exchange will cease support for all BUSD products following Paxos halting the minting of new coins. Binance said users should withdraw or convert their existing BUSD into other assets before December 15th, prior to it beginning the process of disabling withdrawals for BUSD on December 31st. At that point, existing balances will automatically be converted into first digital USD for certain users. Uh, and um, this is probably not a surprise given Finance's recent uh, admission of guilt and uh, CZ's admission of guilt uh, with respect to all the charges leveled against them by the U.S. government. But I think also the U.S. government wants to really badly wants to regulate U.S. dollar stable coins. And so, um, uh, you know, they're going to be uh, coming after Tether, they're going to be coming after uh, USDT and, and pretty much everything else. So uh, it's worth keeping an eye on. And uh, you just have to remember that stable coins are, are really no better than owning dollars. And so that's why Bitcoin only. CME Bitcoin futures shows investors betting on 40K Bitcoin price. The demand of institutional investors for Bitcoin became evident on November 10th as the Chicago Mercantile Exchange Bitcoin futures flipped Binance's Bitcoin futures markets in terms of size. According to Bitcoin derivatives metrics, those investors are showing strong confidence in Bitcoin's potential to break above the $40,000 mark in the short term. CME's current Bitcoin futures uh, open interest stands at $4.35 billion, the highest since November 2021 when Bitcoin hit its all-time high of $69,000, a clear indication of heightened interest. The impressive 125% surge in CME's Bitcoin futures open interest from $1.93 in mid-October is undoubtedly tied to the anticipation of the approval of a spot Bitcoin exchange-traded fund. ChatGPT's first year marked by existential fear, lawsuits, and boardroom drama. With ChatGPT, OpenAI has developed the most popular artificial intelligence tool in the world. It was launched a year ago on November 30th, 2022, and catapulted to 100 million monthly users within its first three months. In just 12 months, ChatGPT's existence has contributed to narratives surrounding the extinction of humankind, accusations that OpenAI built it by allegedly committing mass-scale copyright infringement, and a tumultuous CEO firing and rehiring that pundits are still trying to understand. FTX and Alameda Research cash out $10.8 to Binance, Coinbase, Wintermutt. Wallets linked to defunct crypto trading firms FTX and Alameda Research moved $10.8 million to accounts in Binance, Coinbase, and Wintermute using eight cryptocurrencies. Blockchain analysis firm Spot On Chain spotted the movement, estimating that the defunct entities have transferred $551 million since October 24th using 59 different cryptocurrency tokens. The fund's movement dates back to March when FTX and Alameda began the process of recovering assets for investors.
Most memorable quotes for the week. This one from Mike Novogratz, the CEO of Digital Galaxy Digital. I think Binance's settlement with the SEC is a net positive for their company. I think it's a net positive for our industry. Arthur Hayes, entrepreneur and former CEO of BitMEX. Obviously, the treatment of CZ and Binance is absurd and only highlights the arbitrary nature of punishment at the hands of the state. Can't disagree with him there. Uh, this one from Agnes Calamard, Secretary General of Amnesty International. Let us not forget that innovation versus regulation is a false dichotomy that has for years been peddled by tech companies to evade meaningful accountability and binding regulation. Vitalik Buterin, co-founder of Ethereum. AI is a new type of mind that is rapidly gaining in intelligence and it stands a serious chance of overtaking humans' mental faculties and becoming the new apex species on the planet. Okay, Vitalik. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki, author and entrepreneur. Don't be a loser. Get out of fake money system. Get into gold, silver, Bitcoin now before it's too late. And then finally, Dan Robinson, head of research at Paradigm. Blast cross lines in both messaging and execution. Prediction of the week. Bitcoin ETF will drive 165% Bitcoin price gain in 2024, according to Standard Chartered. Bitcoin is in line to trade at six figures by the end of 2024. The latest forecast from Standard Chartered concludes, thanks to the United States potentially approving Bitcoin spot ETFs, BTC USD has the ability to almost treble from its current 37.7 over the coming 12 months. We now expect more price upside to materialize before the halving than we previously did, specifically via the earlier than expected introduction of US spot ETFs. Jeff Kendrick, Standard Charters head of EMFX Research West and Crypto Research wrote, this, this suggests a risk that the US dollar 100,000 level could be reached before and 2024. The figure continues the consumer banking giant's already optimistic vision of how Bitcoin will grow in the coming years. In July, research eyed the declining availability of a Bitcoin supply of the Bitcoin supply as a reason to believe that much higher prices were in store. Uh, in FUD of the week, crypto thieves steal $363 million in November, the most damaging month this year. The cryptocurrency industry has now seen its most damaging month for crypto thievery, scams, and exploits in 2023, with crypto criminals walking away with $363 million in November, according to the blockchain security firm Certicay. Around $316.4 million came from exploits alone. Flash loans inflicted $45.5 million in damage, and $1.1 million was lost to various exit scams. So... Watch out out there. Um, stay away from shit coins. Stay away from centralized exchanges. Hold the keys to your Bitcoin in private uh, offline wallets and uh, let other people uh, play and learn. Bankless controversy forces founders to burn tokens and separate from DAO amid the Ongoing controversy around cryptocurrency media firm Bankless and the associated decentralized autonomous organization Bankless DAO, the founders of Bankless have suggested separating the brand from the DAO. Bankless co-founders David Hoffman and Ryan Sean Adams 
plan to submit a governance proposal to Bankless DAO to separate the two entities. Hoffman and Adams' decision to separate Bankless from Bankless DAO came in response to community criticism of Bankless DAO's application for a grant from Arbitrum. Sounds like shitcoining to me. KyberSwap hacker demands complete control over Kyber Company. The hacker behind the $46 million KyberSwap exploit has finally released their conditions for the return of the stolen funds, which include complete executive control over the Kyber Network Company. On November 30th, the KyberSwap hacker sent an on-chain message addressing all relevant and interested parties. The hacker laid out demands including control over the company, temporary full authority, and ownership of its governance mechanism, the Kyber DAO, all documents related to the company, and all of the Kyber Network company's assets. Wow. And that about wraps it up for this week. Next up, uh, an article from Bitcoin.com. Big names talk potential impact of ETFs on Bitcoin price, solar miner pulls down lucky block reward, and more in the week in review. First article here, a little bit of FUD uh, sprinkled in. JP Morgan says spot Bitcoin ETFs could put, quote, severe downward pressure on Bitcoin prices. Global investment bank JP Morgan has cautioned that the approval of a spot Bitcoin exchange-traded fund by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission could put severe downward pressure on Bitcoin prices. The bank's analysts estimate that billions of dollars could exit the crypto market after Grayscale Investment converts its Bitcoin trust into a spot Bitcoin ETF. Hmm. Okay, well, we'll see. Could be, but it'll probably be temporary like it always is. Uh, let's see, with just 0.0004% of Bitcoin's hash power, solo miners to PHS effort secures a block reward. <clears throat> On November 26, 2023, a stroke of remarkable luck befell a solo miner when they discovered block 818588, verifying a total of 4,193 transactions. This achievement garnered the miner a total of 6.887 Bitcoin, inclusive of the 6.25 Bitcoin subsidy and transaction fees. Wow, good for them. We do need more people mining, uh, more decentralization in the mining uh, industry would be fantastic. So we love, we love to see solo miners getting the rewards. Standard Chartered anticipates Bitcoin reaching 100,000 sooner than expected. Uh, we went over this one earlier, so I won't read it again. BlackRock pushes to use in-kind creation method for spot Bitcoin ETF, according to a report. We will d dive into more detail in this uh, one later. But briefly, BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, has reportedly pushed for using the in-kind creation method for its Bitcoin exchange-traded fund, diverging from the cash creation model favored by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, According to reports, BlackRock and other spot Bitcoin ETF applications re applicants recently met to discuss their, their applications with the SEC. Okay, moving along. Next up is from Decrypt. This was posted on December 1st. Bitcoin ETF approval window opens soon. Here are the dates to watch. 
as Bitcoin ETF decision deadlines loom, there's growing interest in figuring out when exactly the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission will make its announcement. There's a handful of spot Bitcoin ETF applications pending with the regulator. The SEC missed another window for a decision, choosing instead to extend all of the deadlines. Uh, but there's also been word that the SEC has met with Grayscale and BlackRock in the interim to discuss amendments to their applications. To be clear, the SEC could still deny any or all of the pending applications. There's mounting optimism from Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong to JP Morgan analysts, but there's no guarantee that the SEC will give any spot Bitcoin ETF the green light in early 2024. Still, experts who have been tracking the applicants' odds say they're, they've never been better and they have narrowed down a potential approval window to a handful of days in early January. Bloomberg Intelligence ETF analyst James Seifert says while the window is technically from January 5th through January 10th, the securities regulator is unlikely to make an announcement on a Friday, even less likely to drop news about the ETF applicants over the weekend. So that shrinks the window to Monday, January 8th through Wednesday, January 10th. Mark your calendars, people, he wrote on Twitter. The crypto industry has been waiting for a spot Bitcoin ETF to be approved for years. In the U.S., regulators have approved Bitcoin futures and even leveraged Bitcoin futures ETFs to trade, but a genuine Bitcoin ETF, one that directly tracks Bitcoin and not just derivatives, has so far eluded investors. The idea is that shares in a Bitcoin ETF would gain and lose value as Bitcoin's price fluctuates, and investments in those shares would allow buyers to gain exposure to Bitcoin without actually buying or holding digital coins. Of course, we all know that that's just paper Bitcoin and don't recommend it, but, you know, some institutions don't want to mess around with custody and all that, and that's fine. And so they can uh, invest and in, get Bitcoin exposure this way. So, fine. Let them do it. Not for me. Not for the hodlers. Because an ETF makes it easier for traditional investors to jump into crypto, analysts have long predicted that such a product would bring a massive influx of capital into the market. Recently, researchers at blockchain data firm CryptoQuant said they expect an ETF to double Bitcoin's market cap and potentially increase the overall crypto market by a trillion dollars. For context, Apple's market cap sits at a cool $2.9 trillion today. Just the chance that an ETF might be approved has been incredibly bullish for Bitcoin's price. The world's oldest and largest cryptocurrency by market cap has found buoyancy. Thanks to all the attention from institutions and the upcoming Bitcoin halving, which limits Bitcoin's inflation rate and could further drive up demand. Okay, uh, next up is a little bit more detail. This is from Bitcoin.com on the earlier uh, discussion around BlackRock. This um, article is entitled BlackRock Proposes Revised In-Kind Model for Spot Bitcoin ETF to Resolve SEC's concerns. And let's see, this was updated through about three days ago. Revised in-kind model. BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, held another meeting with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission's Division of Trading and Markets this week regarding its spot Bitcoin exchange-traded fund application. According to a memorandum dated November 28th posted on the SEC's website, the two parties discussed NASDAQ stock market LLC's proposed rule change 
to list and trade shares of the iShares Bitcoin Trust. The asset management firm explained during our 1120 meeting with trading and market staff, we understood the SEC has certain unresolved questions around the in-kind model relating to balance sheet impacts and risk to the market maker's U.S. registered broker-dealer entity during the redemption flow. BlackRock proceeded to explain its proposal of a revised in-kind model and also called a prepaid model, which it believes would resolve the SEC's concerns. We would like to propose the following approach that we believe would resolve these concerns. The world's largest asset manager wrote, the model appears to address the staff's concern with in-kind, addressing the critical dimension on which the in-kind model would otherwise not be preferred to the cash model. The firm elaborated, it preserves the many significant benefits to investors of the in-kind model over certain cash models in the context of Bitcoin. And then they have a uh, flow chart here that shows uh, uh, how all the assets uh, move around. BlackRock detailed that the benefits offered by the revised in-kind approach include lower transaction costs, execution risks borne by crypto market makers instead of investors, heightened resistance to market manipulation, elimination of the necessity for issuers to fund or pre-fund sell trades, diminished operational event risks and simplicity and harmonization across the ecosystem given significantly lower variance on how in-kind models can be executed versus cash models. And just looking at the org chart here, or the little flow chart that they put in the article, which by the way, I'll put a link in the show notes as always. Uh, doesn't look very simple to me, but okay. Uh, nonetheless, the SEC uh, is said to favor the cash model. Recently, Bloomberg ETF analyst Eric Balkunas shared on X that the SEC's Division of Trading and Markets has purportedly communicated with exchanges advising them to opt for the cash create approach for spot Bitcoin ETFs rather than the in-kind method. Following this report, BlackRock held discussions with the SEC to address the matter, maintaining its stance on using the in-kind creation model. SEC Chair Gary Gensler recently revealed that the regulators considering between 8 and 10 spot Bitcoin ETF applications. A number of people have predicted that the securities regulator will approve multiple spot Bitcoin ETFs at once early next year. And if you just buy and hold Bitcoin, you don't really care about what kind of model they're using. So, uh, so there. Next up, uh, a little more on BlackRock. This one is from uh, actually thestreetcrypto.com. So a little mainstream uh, media sprinkled in here. This was uh, article was posted on uh, December 1st. Articles entitled BlackRock seems to be manipulating the Bitcoin price in anticipation of ETF approval. I know, I know, shocking. In a recent discussion on cryptocurrency dynamics, Roundtable anchor Rob Nelson and Austin Arnold of Altcoin Daily delved into the complexities surrounding Bitcoin, touching on its institutional strategies, political endorsements, and market volatility. Nelson initiated the conversation with a provocative viewpoint. He speculated that major entities like the U.S. government or BlackRock might have an interest in temporarily lowering Bitcoin's price to later acquire more at a lower rate. I think they want to see it drop and then scoop up a lot and push it back up, he said. That would not shock me. Arnold concurred, highlighting BlackRock's strategic movements in the crypto space. He emphasized that BlackRock having acquired Bitcoin prior to announcing its application for a spot Bitcoin exchange-traded fund likely aimed to profit from its volatility. 
They're creating Bitcoin products because they want to make money, Arnold explained. He pointed out that while it influences the market and sell to retail investors, its actions also pave the way for traditional investors' engagement with Bitcoin. The conversation then shifted to Bitcoin's emerging role in politics. Nelson observed an increasing trend of political figures endorsing Bitcoin, citing presidential candidates Vivek Ramaswamy and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. as examples. He noted this as a new phase for Bitcoin, gaining legitimacy through such endorsements and the involvement of entities like BlackRock. Arnold added that Bitcoin and crypto are becoming unavoidable topics in the political landscape due to their rapid adoption. He mentioned how previous presidential candidates like Donald Trump have utilized aspects of crypto, such as issuing NFTs for financial gain, rather than genuine belief in the technology. Arnold believes this trend will lead to greater public education on Bitcoin's unique attributes like its finite supply and resistance to censorship. Bitcoin is increasingly becoming a focal point in both the financial and political spheres and strategic movements by major financial entities and growing endorsements from political figures highlight its rising significance. This trend underscores Bitcoin's role not only as a key investment asset, but also as a notable topic uh, in national and global political discussions. Next articles from Bitcoin.com. This was posted two days ago. Articles entitled Jack Dorsey backed Bitcoin mining pool Ocean acknowledges filtering ordinal inscriptions. So the good news is there's a new mining pool. So there's more competition in the mining space. Uh, but I suppose the bad news, if you don't believe in censorship at all, is that they're uh, filtering for ordinals, which, you know, a lot of Bitcoiners um, have a problem with. Um, personally, I think it's a free market. And, uh, you know, as long as they're paying fees, let them do whatever they want. And, of course, if the market will also decide whether or not it wants to deal with ocean or not if they if the market thinks that censorship's bad then they're going to have a hard time staying in business because miners won't point their their machines towards this this pool they'll they'll go somewhere else but uh, we do need to see definitely more uh, competition more decentralization in the mining space uh, it's really important so Jumping in, Ocean, a Bitcoin mining pool, has acknowledged that it is currently applying a filter that affects Ordinals-related transactions. The pool, which recently closed its $6.2 million seed round led by former ex-CEO Jack Dorsey, excludes certain Bitcoin Ordinals transactions using Knots, a Bitcoin node known to apply these filtering policies. Giacomo Zucco, who was part of the conference as part of the relaunch of the pool, confirmed this fact, stating that it was currently using several filtering policies, excluding what he called spam. Uh, and then here's a quote from him. Some inscription spam is done this way, so it's filtered away from knots, which Ocean uses right now for centralized template creation. So shitcoin spammers will have to wait for phase two of Ocean, the real deal, to create their own templates full of shit. I guess they are impatient. <laughs> Ocean's Bitcoin mechanic also acknowledged this, stating that the pool would continue to filter inscription spam, inviting others to mine with other pools if this bothered them. The issue was first raised by Checksum Zero co-founder and CTO at Pow.re, a Bitcoin mining company, when he found that Ocean was excluding high-value transactions, costing on average 5 to 10% in fees, much more sometimes. He declared, doing spot check of high-paying transactions I've seen no transactions, including any data after op 
false. Mining with Ocean will cost you money. The findings divided the cryptocurrency community with some considering, considering this filtered data as spam and agreeing with the measure, while others rejected this behavior, stressing that it was considered censorship. F2 Pool, another Bitcoin mining pool, recently admitted that it had been excluding transactions from OFAC-flagged addresses, but ceased after facing backlash from the community. Sounds like a free market to me, so uh, I'm sure it will sort itself out, but uh, it's not a bad thing having more mining pools, I don't think. Okay, moving along. Uh, next up is an article from Decrypt. This was posted on November 30th. Articles entitled, Coinbase Law Enforcement Requests Have Tripled in Just Three Years. So if you were worried about surveillance, here you go with the centralized exchange. Um, and of course, as they're custodying uh, all of the assets for the um, ETFs, there'll be even more surveillance on top of that. Crypto exchange Coinbase received three times as many law enforcement requests this year as it did in 2020, according to the, its new transparency report. Nearly half of those requests, and there's a link in the article if you want to actually read the report yourself, I will post the article. Uh, nearly half of those requests came from the United States. Germany accounted for another 15% of the 13,079 requests for information, followed by the United Kingdom and Spain. So if you want to see who's uh, interested in surveillance, there you have it right there. Almost all of the requests, 96% of them, were related to criminal investigations. The remainder had to do with civil or administrative matters. Where necessary, we will seek to narrow requests that are overly broad or vague in order to provide a more appropriately tailored response. And in some cases, we object to producing any information at all, Coinbase Chief Legal Officer Paul Gruwal wrote in the report. We also aim to provide anonymized or aggregated data that aids law enforcement and government agencies with their work where it is possible to do so instead of providing individual customer information. Voluntary transparency reports about government requests for data are pretty common now among large tech companies like Verizon, AT&T, Apple, and Google. And Coinbase's total, although it represents a 6% increase over 2022, pales in comparison to the 127,766 requests sent to Verizon in just the first half of this year. For the sake of comparison, uh, within the industry, San Francisco-based crypto exchange Kraken reported 3,705 law enforcement requests in 2022. That year, the majority of requests for Kraken data and customer information came from outside the United States. In 2023, Coinbase saw a threefold increase in requests from Ukraine. Meanwhile, requests from government agencies in Australia, Portugal, Romania, and Nigeria more than doubled, according to the report. The company has placed a big emphasis on its efforts to expand globally. Earlier this week, Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong told Decrypt that for all the times the crypto exchange asked the United States Securities Exchange Commission for guidance, it was dismayed to instead receive a lawsuit. The SEC charged Coinbase with operating an unregistered securities exchange in June. The company also sent an email to some of its customers yesterday informing them that it might be forced to share their trading data with the Commodities Future Trading Commission after receiving a subpoena from the regulator. On Thursday afternoon, Coinbase shares, which trade on NASDAQ under the coin ticker, were down 4% compared to the day before, changing hands for $123.76 at the time of writing. 
But that 24-hour dip is nowhere near big enough to erase Coin's recent upswing. Earlier this week, the company set a yearly high of $128.27 per share. So they do still need to resolve their issues with the regulators, and it might involve uh, paying a fine, getting a slap on the wrist, and then agreeing to some additional surveillance. Uh, Binance has pretty much been taken out now. Uh, with the uh, settlements that were recently reached. Um, and uh, that will leave Coinbase probably in the driver's seat, uh, certainly in the U.S. I don't know about the rest of the world, but they seem to have ambitions there. Uh, and um, will probably grow their business. And, and um, you know, Binance's business, at least in the U.S., it looks set to shrink uh, and I think that's what the regulators want. They're just cleaning house uh, here in advance of uh, the Bitcoin ETFs, it seems like to me. And they also want to try to control Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and surveil. And they're they're going to get their wish, seems like. So next article is uh, why you don't shill and why you don't shitcoin. And uh, this is from Coindesk. This was posted on December 1st. Soccer star Cristiano Ronaldo faces a billion-dollar class action suit over Binance endorsement. Soccer great Cristiano Ronaldo faces a billion-dollar class action lawsuit linked to his commercial relationship with cryptocurrency exchange Binance. The suit, dated November 28th and filed in the District Court for the Southern District of Florida, in Miami, alleges that Ronaldo promoted, assisted in, and or collectively participated in the offer and sale of unregistered securities in coordination with Binance. The action purports to represent consumers who purchased unregistered securities offered by uh, offered and sold by Binance. The lead plaintiff was identified as Michael Sizemore, a California resident who allegedly bought unregistered securities from Binance after being exposed to some or all of defendants' misrepresentations and omissions regarding the Binance platforms. Mr. Ronaldo's promotions solicited or assisted Binance in soliciting investments in unregistered securities by encouraging his millions of followers, fans, and supporters to invest with the Binance platform, the legal filing said. The suit could add to the growing list of legal matters at Binance. In June, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission sued Binance, the operating company for Binance U.S. and founder Changpeng CZ Zhao, on allegations of violating federal securities laws. Last week, in a separate case, Binance agreed to pay $4.3 billion to settle charges brought by U.S. prosecutors related to alleged violations of breaking sanctions and money transmitting laws. Ronaldo partnered with Binance in 2022 in the creation of a non-fungible token collection featuring animated figures depicting moments from his career. He is accused of soliciting investments in unregistered securities by encouraging his millions of followers, fans, and supporters to invest with the Binance platform. Mr. Ronaldo's promotions were published on public websites, television, and social media accounts accessible to plaintiffs nationwide, including in Florida, the suit reads, on information and belief. In exchange for his services, Mr. Ronaldo received a substantial total compensation package which likely included compensation in the form of digital assets transmitted through the Binance platforms. The suit cited prior SEC warnings that virtual tokens may be securities and that celebrities must disclose when they're getting paid to promote securities. 
Coindesk requested a comment via a cristianoromaldo.com email address, but did not immediately receive a response. And again, don't chill, don't shitcoin, and you won't have to worry about billion-dollar lawsuits. Warning to all celebrities. Uh, next up, kind of an uh, interesting article from... Uh, uh, from uh, Bitcoin Magazine, uh, we're catching up with El Salvador. Uh, the article was posted on December 1st. It's entitled, De Guevara is Bitcoin country's interim president as Bukele steps down to run. President Najib Bukele of El Salvador has been granted a special license allowing him to temporarily step down from his presidential role to pursue a second term in the country's upcoming elections on February 4th, 2024. This move aligns with the 2021 Supreme Court ruling and the constitutional interpretation specifying that Bukele can only seek a second term if he vacates the presidency six months prior to the start of the subsequent presidential term, commencing on June 1st, 2024. Of notable concern to many Salvadorans was Bukele's security, particularly given his firm approach to combating criminal gangs, making him a potential target for these illicit groups. Addressing these concerns, the Legislative Assembly has approved his presidential security detail. In the interim, Claudia Juana Rodriguez de Guevara was appointed the presidential designate. She will serve as the caretaker of the presidency until June 1, 2024. Rodriguez de Guevara has a long-standing professional relationship with Bukele, having held various roles alongside him throughout his career. Her most recent positions include serving as the private secretary of the presidency, and as president of the board of directors of the Municipal Works Directorate. Despite her extensive background working with Bukele, Rodriguez de Guevara maintains a subtle public profile with minimal presence on social media platforms. As a caretaker, major policy changes during her tenure are unlikely. Her stance on significant issues, such as the country's policy regarding Bitcoin, remains undisclosed due to the temporary nature of her role. However, her alignment with Bukele's past approaches its anticipated she'll maintain continuity with the current administration's direction. So, kind of interesting. Uh, next up, uh, also checking in with another Bitcoin jurisdiction. Uh, this is from Cointelegraph. This was posted on December 2nd. Madeira seeks to boost economy with startups, innovative payment system. An archipelago uh, in the middle of the Atlantic is seeking startups and tech talents to boost its economic growth. Web3 entrepreneurs are flocking to this region. Portugal's Madeira archipelago has been praised for its natural beauty, but an aging population and pressing need for a more diversified economy prompted its local government to explore emerging technologies such as blockchain. According to uh, Rogério Gouveia, finance secretary of the regional government of Madeira, Emerging technology companies make up nearly 30% of businesses in Madeira's free trade zone, a special economic area that offers tax benefits to companies, including one of the lowest corporate tax rates in the European Union and capital gains tax exemption for eligible firms. For companies aiming to establish a presence in the region, the foremost tax incentive is found in the Madeira Free Zone or the International Business Center. This area offers a preferential tax regime capping the corporate tax rate at a competitive maximum of 5%. It 
It's important to note that this is not an offshore haven. The regime operates within a structured set of regulations and undergoes rigorous audits by both national tax authorities and the European Commission, Gouveia told Cointelegraph during the Madeira blockchain conference. One of the companies behind Madeira's Web3 ecosystem is Yakuba Labs, a software development company using blockchain technology for ticketing solutions, addressing issues like overpriced secondary markets and fraud on tickets. In addition, Madeira's tax incentives are associated with other initiatives aimed at shifting the region's focus from tourism to a technology-based economy, including an emphasis on information technology education in local schools. This is a sharp contrast to the 50% illiterate population of the island during the 1970s. Madeira is also working on a payment network that will connect local merchants and simplify currency exchange for tourists. While still in the feasibility study stage, the network will likely use blockchain technology to enable tourists to load and use one debit card across the archipelago for all products and services. The same Card system will be used to streamline government operations, including the payment of social benefits such as scholarships to residents. We want to see if this model is feasible. We are using Madeira as a laboratory for such a model, similar to how the region has been used in the past to test other technologies, noted Gouveia, adding that over the decades, the archipelago has also served to validate other technologies in Portugal, such as 4G and cable television. Cointelegraph was on the ground during the second edition of the Madeira Blockchain 2023, held between November 30th and December 1st. The conference gathered Web3 companies from all over the world that are shaping the business models and technologies of tomorrow. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Uh, I did also want to highlight this week's um, Substack. Um, which I've also actually started directly posting on Noster uh, natively, uh, so you can read it in both places. But anyway, it's entitled Bitcoin Plan B, Exploring the Top 14 Destinations for Bitcoiners. And uh, there's even a little discussion in there about uh, Madeira. So check that out. Link will be in the show notes along with links to all the other articles that I went over this week. So... Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like and leave a comment. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. I like listening on Fountain where you can earn sats just for listening. Uh, you can also follow my Substack at bitcoinfortress.substack.com. <clears throat> and like I said, I have been posting on Nostr as well natively. Uh, so you can find me at Bitcoin Fortress. <clears throat> And I also included my uh, Noster uh, um, public key there uh, in the show notes if you want to follow me. And with that, I will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.